Welcome back to another episode of Structuring Chaotic Minds. I'm Melissa Franklin, your host, and this show is all about finding balance between mental wellness and navigating life's challenges. Today, we have a highly experienced guest who is going to help us shed light on a critical skill, especially for individuals like myself that struggle with ADHD, effective time management. In this episode, we'll explore the art of time management, a skill that's crucial not only in our professional lives, but also in education and leadership. Joining us today is Nicholas Ditto, a distinguished long-term educational leader with over a decade of experience in education and leadership. Welcome to Structuring Chaotic Minds, a show focused on balancing mental wellness and life. If you're just like me, then you likely enjoy crushing your goals. But it's also possible that right now you're struggling with anxiety, being overwhelmed, or balancing life due to mental health. I'm here to help. I'm your host, Melissa Franklin. I'm a leadership and personal development coach on a mission to amplify the fellow voices about our situations, share critical information and knowledge with our family and friends, and at the same time, help remove the social BS about mental wellness and mindsets. Nicholas, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate uh, being here today. Before we dive into time management strategies, some of our audience has heard from you before, but can you share a little bit more about your journey in education and particularly your experiences in transforming schools? Absolutely. So although I'm now a native Texan, I actually grew up just outside the city of Chicago and was really fortunate to have a great K-12 experience. And so going to college, I was actually planning to become a lawyer. And throughout my time there, I learned more and more about just the systemic inequities and injustices that prevent so many people from getting a great education. It really upset me and motivated me to become an educator. And so starting 11 years ago, I started my career as a teacher. Since then, I've been an instructional coach and most recently the founding principal of Idea Rise College Prep. Uh, during my time there, I was able to lead that school to receive an A rating. Last year, we were recognized as a best middle school from U.S. News and World Report and became one of the highest performing schools in the city of Fort Worth. That is awesome. I know that is definitely a distinguished honor. So congratulations. That is not an easy feat. Um, sounds like you have a lot of passion behind what drives you. And I, that has to be because the amount of work that you have to put into what you do and such. Um never knew that particular time. I knew some pieces of it. I didn't know that whole thing. So thank you for sharing that. Um, being the leader and then seeing the differences that you've talked about, like with the inequities and such, what do you think has been one of the biggest challenges that you've noticed um, in managing those things that you're trying to tackle or the approaches that you're trying to take? Yeah, so I think one of the biggest challenges I faced was that when I started Idearize College Prep, it was I was the sole leader on campus and I had a team of only four teachers. Uh, fast forward four years later, I managed a team of seven leaders and a staff of over 40. So in the beginning, I was personally able to take on a lot of the tasks, a lot of the responsibilities, and I had time to do that. But as the school continued to scale and grow, there was no way that I could continue taking on many of those pieces directly. And so very quickly, it forced me to figure out what I am personally and individually owning, 
what I am managing others to do and supporting them to do, and what I am delegating out to folks. And so having that clarity and building systems around those pieces, I think really allowed the school to be very successful as it continued to scale. I love that. It's almost like it's the necessity in order to scale because a leader, we've mentioned this before, can be there in the trenches and do the work and start with you. But that doesn't necessarily mean they can be there in that capacity once it is larger because there's so much to do. And I think sometimes people misunderstand that, well, there's more leaders in the building, you should be able to handle it. Yes, but now that means there's more coaching and there's more development. There's also more chances for relationships to not be working as well. And that's kind of where you have to manage everybody in the house and make sure everybody's happy and taken care of. So that part does get overlooked sometimes. Um, Nicholas, with your experience, I know that you've definitely honed in on those time management skills. So I want to dive into that particular topic today. Can you provide practical insights and experiences, especially around like your school leadership that our audience can actually learn from? Absolutely. So I think the first thing I would share is, is time management is very individual. The principles of good time management are going to be the same for everybody, but how you or I or any of the audience executes it is going to be very personal. So to give a concrete example, I'm a paper and pencil person. If I don't physically write something down, I won't remember and I won't keep track of that task or that follow-up. But I have friends and colleagues who are digital. They'll be taking notes on their phone. Some people have a digital notebook that connects to their email. So how people execute those systems are going to be different and it is very personalized. The second thing that I would share is that... Um, accountability and visibility are really important. And so for me and my team, we have calendar transparency. Everybody can see my calendar and I can see everybody else's. Mm. And on top of that, every morning we kick off with a quick five minute meeting where we share out our priorities and if we need support. And this helps ensure the team is working well together and we hold each other accountable. So when you say shared on um, the visibility, you don't necessarily mean always being in the same room as each other, just kind of knowing what everybody is doing at the same time and having access to knowing where people are at, basically. Exactly. So I think in some organizations, there is like a one-sided visibility where, hey, maybe everyone I manage, I need to see what they're doing, but they don't see mine. I don't believe in that. So I believe everybody should have that shared access to know what folks are, are doing and how they can support each other. I love that. Have, on the counter end, how have you noticed that that works for I guess those that you're leading, because I know for me, that would make it a little bit easier to know when to approach you because I could see that schedule and I'd probably feel a little bit more comfortable that I'm not bothering you at the wrong time. What have you noticed from your staff? Yeah, so that's a wonderful piece there. And I think that kind of leads further on down as far as like protecting and managing your time. And so along with that visibility, like there was days that I would be in meetings or in my office in days that I would be out and about. And so we even, me and my admin assistant had a sign on my door, like where I was, kind of what I was doing. And she was the gatekeeper in my time and scheduling it. So everybody knew that I was available, but it wasn't a just sort of barge in, but rather um, talk with her and she'll be able to schedule something there. Same thing for families, like, hey, 
she's going to take the phone call in the moment, but you can either get a physical time with me sometime this week, or you can get promised a call back by the end of the day, which I was very, very keen on always fulfilling there. I love that. I think it's that consistency. So it builds that trust and it makes it easier. Um, okay. What, I guess, fundamental strategies then could you recommend to other people that are trying to build that technique? Because the insights are definitely okay. It's it's individual or it's more tailored to myself, but maybe I'm struggling and I haven't quite got it down. What suggestions would you have for them? Yeah. So I would break it into four parts kind of in order. So the first thing I would share to people is to get really clear on what your priorities are. And so concretely speaking, what are your personal or organizational goals that you want to hit by the end of the year? What are those benchmarks each quarter? Uh -huh. And what are those weekly tasks or actions you need to do to be on track? Because until you're clear on what you need to be doing, it's really hard to manage your time. Oh, for sure. So from there, I would say then calendar your time. Now you know what's important. And so for me, I would even go to the point where I use different colors. So I would have like blue for goal one, green for goal two. So I could see on my calendar where I was spending my time for the week. And again, the calendar, I would equate it to being the budget for your time. Budget shows you how you are prioritizing your money. The calendar shows you how you are prioritizing or separating out your time. I've never heard that. I like that. Yeah. And um, the third would be managing your tasks. So now you've got your calendar. Things always pop up throughout the day, throughout the week from your meetings. And so having a space to track that is really important in ensuring you're managing your time well. Um, and the last piece I would share is just uh, reflecting and then refining. So no system is perfect off the bat. And so taking some time each week to look at your prior week what went well? Is there anything that needs to be adjusted? And then planning forward. So if you are regularly reflecting and refining, your system will just keep getting better every week. It's never going to be perfect, but it'll keep improving each time. We get better at handling more chaos as it comes in. I love that. Um, can you share how the example, like how these examples and strategies of time management have contributed to your specific success in leading these schools? Yeah, absolutely. And I would share probably looking at the the last year that I was running Rise College Prep, I did kind of two new practices that kind of evolved throughout the year and that connected back to what I shared earlier about kind of owning, managing, or delegating. And so the first was that I turned over my email access on my phone to my admin assistant. And so she was able to easily and directly schedule any meetings that came in through email, she was able to take calls that came in. And so then when we met every day, I get briefed about who called, what they needed. We go through it then or set up a follow-up meeting, but it really prevented my time from just being taken up with kind of uh, administrative tasks that wasn't needed for, for me at that time. And so I could use it for things that I kind of exclusively was able to handle very well in my role. Um, the second thing that I did was I came up with something called a three, two split. So I spent three days where I wasn't allowed in my office. I had to be um, out and around in campus. So it ensured that I was in classrooms, that I was coaching teachers, 
that I was uh, meeting with teachers and kind of out and about solving problems and just being a visible presence on the campus. Uh And then on the other two days, I was in my office. And so this is where I was able to do deep work, strategic planning, um, handle any kind of external meetings or pieces like that. And the benefit of running this split was that it cut down on a lot of wasted time. So I wasn't in my office for like 30 minutes trying to do a little bit of a project and then running out to another part of the campus to handle a meeting. I was able to do all my time throughout campus on one day, was able to be in my office on the other. So I was able to do more deep thinking and be more productive there. And on the flip side, I was able to be more visible for folks and just really tuned into the day-to-day needs of my staff and my students. It's really refreshing and awesome when you can have a clear mind to be able to get that planning out. I think some people um, overlook the importance of actually giving yourself the clear space that it needs to really plan ahead. And sometimes we say, oh, I don't have time to plan. Like I I have so much stuff to do, but just putting it there on that piece of paper, sometimes you don't realize how many extra steps you're wasting until you see it all in one. And you're like, oh my goodness. And because you took that extra time to plan, you notice that you save three hours and it really does save it. But I love that you still spend more time present with the kids and in the building because that saves more time later with behavior management and relationship building and all that other. So that's a good split. I like that one. Um, well, this being said, I know we did have like particularly other individuals who've looked into moving up in their leadership roles, um, but who might be feeling that balance to where they're starting to get burnt out. And now they might be struggling with possibly shame <clears throat> or feeling like they're not good enough to be able to still get it handled or be able to do it. What type of advice would you give for someone who still wants to be effective in goal setting, but also might be at the point to where they might not feel like they can get it done as effectively as you? Absolutely. So it it comes with time. I think that it's taken years and years and years to get to a point where it becomes uh, less effort in doing things. And so for anybody looking to move up or to take on leadership pieces, I would encourage people not to sprint. I've seen just lots and lots of people who are wanting to move up because they think that that is what they have to do or that is what other people would approve of them doing, but it may not necessarily be what they personally want to do. I've usually found that people who really are interested in moving into leadership for themselves to support others, that they often take a slower approach and in fact, usually wait too long. And other people are kind of like, hey, you're, you're good enough. You're ready. You're ready. And they're kind of saying, no, I'm not versus people in the opposite camp or the ones like, hey, I've done two years of teaching. I'm ready to be an admin. We're like, whoa, 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 slow down. And the reason is not to discourage people, but there is so much new at every level until you really feel like if not, if you haven't mastered, you at least have a very solid foundation of the role you're in. I would encourage people to take a little bit more time before you're jumping into the next space. Would also share with folks to get as much uh, experience peeking behind the curtain as they can before taking on the role. So as an example, if you're a strong teacher, 
asking your assistant principal, are you able to mentor or coach another teacher? Can you attend a training session about it? The more you can kind of learn behind the scenes and get skilled up before you have to take it on and the stakes are higher, I think the easier it is to make that transition. I love that. Um, I think my first principal was very meticulous about making sure everybody was developed into being leaders, even if they didn't want to, just so you could go at your own pace. And it wasn't forcing you to go faster. And it also wasn't putting pressure on them to find that next leader and build that next leader. Everybody just kind of did the work. So the cool part is when I did move into leadership, I knew how much I didn't want to move into the next step of leadership because I was like, uh-uh, I can see everything that comes next. I will take my time. Thank you. Um, so I think that screams volumes on exactly what you're saying. And I don't think I would have been able to see that without strong leaders previously really showing me so much of what they were having to juggle that um, I was like, no, 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 it's okay. I, I am happy taking my time learning this. Thank you very much. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, thank you, Nicholas, for sharing all of your insights with us. Um, can we just kind of summarize it though? Because I know we went over three steps and then we went over four steps, but just kind of summarizing the leadership pieces. Um, it's insights would be that it's individual, but at the same time, like the principles are still pretty much the same for each individual. Absolutely. And then strategies, we would go off of the four. We would start with priorities, then move into calendar, which I love. It's the budget for your time. Um, mm -hmm. The color coding makes more sense now on that one. And then managing the tasks and step four would be reflecting or refining because nothing's perfect and it always has room for improvement. That's exactly right. So I think of those steps in a cycle versus like in a straight line. Oh, no, you got to keep going with it and just, okay, now that uh -huh. I've refined it, let me see what those next things that I got to improve on and focus on for the next week. Because especially education, like even if the kids started doing better on the math questions, what's the next topic? <laughs> what do exactly. we focus on next? Do you have any type of um, books, go-tos, suggestions or resources that you recommend to people? Yeah, so I think uh, when it comes to books or resources, I found the Together, uh, Together Teacher, Together Leader to be a really great uh, book and resource that's very actionable. It has a lot of great templates and tools that you can just take right away and apply. Um, the other book that I would share is uh, Atomic Habits. I think it's really helpful about building systems and, and structures so that you can um, hit those goals and, and do those pieces again very easy to read and easy to apply um, if anyone's in a space where they have an admin assistant I would highly recommend the breakthrough coach training is really uh, instrumental for building a just a great relationship with my admin assistant and having two people really work well together almost like two people on the same team we'll have to check that one out I like that one and um... I'm going to have to use the advice on actually having my assistant do those things because we have not been hitting that effectiveness. Um, I appreciate that. Any final thoughts or anything you'd like to share with the audience before we wrap this up? Yeah, I think the last thing that I would share is uh, about a mindset piece. And so 
Um, when we think about many times when we think about uh, money, we would not let people just reach into our wallet and grab dollars from us. We're pretty careful about how we're spending our money. Is it something that we really want that we need? Is it furthering our, our goals? But yeah, with our time, we freely give it to everybody. They can just reach in and grab it. And so would really adopt the mindset of treating your time much more so like your money. And that doesn't mean be stingy. It just means be purposeful with it. That's funny because that's the one that's actually more precious and we can't get back. So, well, that moved me definitely. I appreciate that. Well, Nicholas, thank you so much. We always love having you share your insights with our audience. Um, your expertise is beyond valued. Can you share before we do sign off what more about the school and just so people can actually hear what's coming to Fort Worth? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Fort Worth STEAM Academy is a public charter that will be serving students in grades six through eight, really focused on three pillars. So ensuring that students are receiving a, a wonderful STEAM education, so science, technology, engineering, art, and math, are immersed in a culture of joyful high expectations, and that we're partnering with our families and our community. And all these things are in service to ensuring our mission, which is making sure that every single student, grade six through eight, is well prepared for high school, college, and career. I love it. And if somebody wants to get involved in being a part of what you're starting and what you're founding, where can they reach out to you and find you? Yeah, you can follow us on Facebook, uh, so backslash Fort Worth STEAM Academy, or you can go to our website, uh, www.fwsteamacademy.org. Either of those are two great places to reach us. Perfect. And are y'all taking enrollment yet, or when does all that start? Could you repeat that question? When are y'all starting, like, enrollment and such, like, as a parent? Yeah. So we are looking to open doors to students in August of 2026. And so we're purposely taking a slower approach to opening to ensure that we are meeting the needs of our families and our community. And so right now we're really serving the community, engaging with events, and we're, we're building up our board. Perfect. So someone who's looking to get involved and thinking about it would probably be somebody that's in the foundations and in the board steps. And then as a parent and family, just kind of looking forward by staying in the loop. Yeah, we actually have a family and community survey on our website. So we would love for folks to kind of share specifically what they are looking for um, within the school. And that way we can make sure we're, we're tailoring our model to meet those needs. If you're interested in, in being a, a stakeholder or making a donation, those things are also available on the website as well. Awesome. Well, we will definitely have to put that in the episode notes. Well, Nicholas, again, thank you so much for sharing everything with us today. And for our audience, please make sure that you check out our next episodes for more insights and information on ways to balance life as well as mental wellness. Stay structured and smiling. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. To catch up on the rest of the season, visit StructuringChaoticMinds.com or take a quick browse on your current app to see which episodes resonate with you. If you struggle with your own mental wellness or even just balancing life, we have a team of individuals at our site who can help. You can visit StructureInnovations.com and find a coach or mentor fit for you. Thank you for joining me once again, Melissa Franklin, on this episode of Structuring Chaotic Minds. 
Stay structured and smiling.